And all of God's people said amen. amen. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, team. If you don't come to this church, you can come and hear Amy sing and Paul and Jeremy. And all of them, Linda, they sing every Sunday. And we are blessed by their ministry. Back in 1988, when this church was barely one year old, meeting in a school, just a handful of people, a couple of hundred people, I saw a wonderful lady coming in one Sunday, whom I've known for some time. And I was very surprised to see her. I've known her. She's a very prominent lady in our city, very prominent family in our city, very well-known in our society. And I also knew that all of her 70 years, she had gone to one church all her life, one of the older denominations. Family roots goes deep into that church, and all her social friends are in that church, and all her uh, life's connections are in that church, and I was really surprised that she was coming to a new church meeting in a school. Not only that, but what really shocked me a few weeks later, she wanted to join the church, and she did join the church. Later, she became so deeply involved in this church and in this ministry, and she became a trustee of this building here. She was truly an elegant lady. She was a woman of very few words, but when she spoke, and spoke softly, she spoke volumes. Through the years, she became dear friend of my wife and myself. Now I want you to fast forward 20 years from that day. She was in her early 90s, yet she was in an amazing uh, health and physical condition. I was taken back when she called me on the phone and she said, I need to see you because the doctors gave me a few weeks to live. So I immediately went to visit with her and uh, because I saw how during those 20 years, she being, her life being transformed into the likeness of Christ. And I saw how she was growing deep in her love for Jesus and, and her involvement in, in ministry. And so when I went to visit her, knowing in my heart of hearts that possibly this is the last time I'm going to see her before I see her in heaven, I said, there is a question I've been wanting to ask you for 20 years. And I just, somehow I didn't. How did you come to know Jesus and surrender your life to Him? I want to know about her spiritual journey. She said in that soft voice of hers, Well, I came to Apostles that first Sunday morning, being a church woman all of my life. But I heard you preach a sermon on Nicodemus, the great theologian, the great religious leader, and how he came to Jesus at night. And Jesus said to him that you must be born again regardless of your religiosity. And she said, I remember you saying that religion will not save you. Church will not save you. Only Jesus can save you eternally. Therefore, you must be born again. 
She said, that day, I came in one way, but I walked out by another way. I remember saying to myself that time, I said, I could write a book on that sentence. I came out by another way. Today, I want you to know, especially if you're visiting with us today, you know that you've been prayed for. I prayed for you. Many have prayed for you. That no one who has come here in their way will walk out of here the same way. It is our prayer that you may have come here uh, being, having nice warm feelings about the Christ of Christmas, but you would walk out of here with the Christ of Christmas as your only Savior, Lord, and friend. Uh, you might have come here today because it's Christmas. Well, you know, you go to church at Christmas, or somebody made you come. You have a tradition maybe to go to church at Christmas, but it is our prayer that you walk out of here by the power of the Spirit of God. You may have come here today living your way, but you walk out by another way, living God's way. You may have come here filled with your own ideas regarding religion and nature and philosophy, but you can walk out of here today with the Christ of Christmas filling all the empty space in your life, filling all the voids in your life, uh, filling you with joy unspeakable as He only can give you. You might have walked in here today thinking that Jesus is just another founder of another religion, but you can walk out of here by another way, by receiving Him as your only God and Lord. You might have come here and, and, and walked in here believing that you are good, that you've done some good uh, in life, and that that's going to get you through into heaven but you can walk out of here truly believing by another way, believing that your life can be transformed and you can be assured of eternity with Jesus, knowing that He is the one who left His glory and the splendor of glory of heaven, and He was formed as an embryo in a virgin's womb so that He may be born and, and lives in a grinding poverty, uh, that He lived 33 and one-third of a year, uh, healing the sick, raising the dead, and feeding the hungry. Then the only perfect God, man, hung on a cross, sinless, pure, in order to take your sin and your guilt and your shame as He takes my sin, my guilt, and my shame. And He can set you free of the consequences of that sin today. Because on the third day, He rose out of the grave with His omnipotent power in order to show us that only He can defeat death in the grave. Today, regardless of which way you came in, today, no matter what inward thoughts you may have come in with, today, it is not important what you have done or have not done in the past or how you lived. Today, you can walk out of here in the power of the Son of God in your life. You might have walked here uh, not knowing whether your sin can be forgiven or not. You can walk out of here knowing that your sins, past, present, and future, can be totally erased by the mighty power of the babe of Bethlehem. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 12, we read the whole passage. And if some of you heard me preach on the Magi, I said, oh, oh he's going to preach another sermon on the Magi. I said, no, 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 don't jump the gun. It is not. 
because I'm only actually going to preach on three words from that verse, verse 12. And so you heard the passage, and you come to this very last three words is what I'm going to be talking about. These scientists, these astronomers, these people who have studied the stars, they've come to worship Jesus from Persia, modern-day Iran. They came to worship Jesus because they saw a star that is so unusual that declared to them that someone of cosmic importance was born. After worshiping Jesus, they were supposed to go back to tell this evil, wicked, baby-killer King Herod where the king of all kings is born. But then they went home to Iran, Persia, by another way. Let me read the verse to you. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another way. By another way. Those are the three words that I'm going to be talking about tonight. Three words in this one verse can be your story tonight. Three words can be your story, your story, your story. It is a summary of what the Christian faith is all about. It is a summary of God's plan for your salvation and my salvation. As I said, no matter where you are right now, where you came from, uh, no matter what you have done in the past, no matter how much guilt and pain you are carrying right now and you brought with you to the service, and I'm glad you did, the Christ of Christmas can set you free and you can go home by another way. You can walk out of here by another way, Jesus' way, a way that will not only change your life here and now, but will change your eternal destiny from hell to heaven. Let me tell you something about this church. If you're a visiting and you don't know much about us, we live for one thing. No, we do not preach religion. We do not pr promote a denomination. We do not promote organized religion. We do not promote an institution. We are about one thing, and that is to point everyone who walks through these doors uh, to the God who can transform your life and change you for good and for all of eternity. Amen? When you surrender your life to the Christ of Christmas, who is the only higher power, I think this political correctness of referring to him as the higher power is cowardice because we know his name. We tell you about him. The higher power is no other than Jesus, the Christ. And the reason he is a higher power, because he defeated death in the grave. You will receive forgiveness of sins. You will have peace with God, and you will have the peace of God. And you can be absolutely assured of heaven right here and now. Not when you die, but right here and now. You may have come with anxiety. You may have come here with fear. You, uh, but, but, but you can leave with confidence uh, and assurance of having the Heavenly Father to be your Father. You may have come here with self-doubt, uncertainty. But you can walk out of here by another way with God's power and strength working with you, walking with you. You may have come here in confusion about who the Christ of Christmas is, but you can go out of here by another way, another way of confidence and joy that only He can give you. These Persian astronomers, which again, we call them wise men, and, and the reason really we call them wise men or become a tradition to call them wise men, because they worship Jesus, because wise people always seek after Jesus. 
Now, my friend, listen carefully. Jesus always, always, always changes the way of everyone, everyone, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl who would come to him and bow and worship him. These astronomers came searching for Jesus because of this appearance of this cosmic, this unique star in the galaxy, the star that declaring someone of great importance, someone of cosmic importance was born. That is uh, all they knew from studying the galaxies, and they spent their life studying it. But when they found Jesus, He transformed their life. When they found Jesus, He changed their life. Question, how did He change their life? Listen carefully, I'm going to show you. First, they came looking for a powerful, worldly, political king. And that is why they went first to the king's palace. When you get a VIP arrived, these are very important people. These were leaders of the, of, of the Persian Empire. And when you get an important person comes to this country, where do they go? They go to the White House. When you get a, a head of a state and goes to England, where do they go? Buckingham Palace. And so when they arrived with their entourage, where would they go? They go to the palace of the king. This somebody that they saw the stars telling them, very important, must be in the king's palace. <laughs> and that is why they went to Jerusalem, the capital city. That is why first they went to the big city looking for him. And that is why they went to the center of government because that's what they thought he would be. And that is why they went to the seat of power because they assumed that's where the king of kings will be. The study of this unique star told them that this king of, of cosmic importance was born. And so they went to the wrong place. It was natural, though. I'm not blaming them. It's so natural. It's a natural inclination to look for him where the important people are, <laughs> where political kings are born. Ah, oh, but they discovered that he is no other than the son of the almighty God himself. That's the first change. That's the first change that happened to them. Secondly, there was another change. Their understanding of earthly rulers have changed. See, when King Herod said to them, he said, go back, come back and tell me where you find that king, and I will come and worship him. The poor saps, they believed the politician. Somebody said, a politician only lies when he opens his mouth. But let me tell you, having said that, I have some wonderful godly politician friends, and I thank God for them, for their faithful service. But they should have known that they cannot believe a politician. <laughs> and that is why they had to have a special revelation that tells them, don't go back to that politician because he's lying. Don't go back and tell him. Uh, and I know even today, there are people, and I've been around the globe at least 62 times, and I have seen it all over the world. There are many people who place their hopes on politicians. There are people who place their hopes in, on the economy. There are people who place all of their hope on Wall Street. But God's hope for you and you and you and for me is in the babe of Bethlehem. But there's more change that they have experienced as by coming to this great King of Kings, the Christ of Christmas. They realized 
that the church leaders, the religious leaders, they were clueless when it comes to eternal matters. They were. Even the high priest and the Pharisees, these are the church leaders and the religious leaders of the day. Uh, And they expected those guys to know where the Christ is born. After all, the Scripture has said it for thousands of years that He has been born. And you heard it quoted again in the Scripture today, that He will be born in Bethlehem of Judea, that God's Messiah is coming, and He will be born in Bethlehem. But here's the change, the third change that took place. They realized that these religious leaders, they're spiritually lost themselves. They were only interested in rituals. They were only interested in dogma. They were only interested in church politics. So much so that they ceased to look for the one and only true Messiah that God has promised all the way from Genesis 3.15 and throughout every book of the Old Testament. The Messiah who has been promised in the Scripture for thousands of years, they missed Him. Someone here possibly may have placed their hope on a priest, or a pastor, or a bishop, or a pope, or some religious guru somewhere. Hear me right. Many of these people are lost as a goose. They can't tell you where to go. And that is why you can come directly to Jesus today. You do not need an intermediary. You do not need a middleman. You do not need a go-between. You can come to Jesus directly. He is waiting for you. But it's only when you come to Him will you discover that He has been waiting for you for a long time, that He has been inviting you for a long time, that He has been searching for you for a long time, that He has been opening His arms for you to come to Him. Only when you do that will you discover that God loves you and he wants you to come to him. When these Magi's, astronomers, came to Jesus, they left, changed men. Jesus always, always would change of a life of anyone who would come to him. Patty Chayofsky was a Broadway playwright, well-known, famous man. And that's on those circles he was looked up to. And he called himself an atheist. One day he wrote the following words, and I'm going to read them verbatim so I don't misquote him. Here's what he said, I have lived my life as if God does not exist. It has been a life of womanizing, heavy boozing, and utter selfishness. I have used everyone I know to my own advantage. If there is a God out there somewhere, I'm going straight to hell. But one night, Paddy heard the loving message of Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas. And he heard that message, and his life was never the same. He received Jesus into his life as Lord and Savior, and he was never the same. His life was completely transformed. He overcame alcoholism. 
He was faithful, became a faithful husband. He was restored to his children, and he began to treat people with respect. When he died in 1981, he, was, he died in total peace with God and the peace of God. My beloved friends, no one who had ever known Patty Chayofsky could deny that he became a changed man, all because he received Jesus, the Christ of Christmas, into his life. My friend, let me repeat, no matter where you are right now, no matter where you are, no matter what you have done or have not done, no matter what your past may have been, Christ Jesus can transform your life today. When you come to Him, He will change your nature. And when you come to Him, He's going to reorder your priorities. When you come to Him, He will turn your life upside down for the good. <laughs> because I can tell you, you will never be the same. Will you come to Him today? You know, when God wanted to relate to us, He could have shouted from heaven, no, but He became one of us in order to relate to us. His virgin birth revealed His divine, sinless nature. His death upon a cross in your place and your place and my place assures us of the forgiveness of our sins when we come to Him. And by His resurrection, He demonstrated His power over death and the grave and the assurance of our own resurrection. That same power of the resurrection can transform your life today. That power can give you eternity and assure you of eternity with Jesus today. All are yours when you come to Him. Well, you have my... You, you may have, for all these years, followed some flawed philosophy. I was talking to somebody the other day, following a really a debunked, unproven scientific theory. You may have followed your own idea about God. Only you know that. You may even have followed Deepak Chopra, for I care. He's another fraud. You may have thought that if you're good enough, and you live the somewhat good enough, and you have not committed one of the big ones. I have a neighbor who says, well, I haven't committed the big ones. <laughs> I said, with God, you miss a mark by an inch, or by 25 miles, you miss a mark. God is welcoming you wherever you are. God said, there's only one way to come to Him. And that is through His one and only Son, the babe of Bethlehem. There is only one way to come to Him, and that is by accepting Jesus' blood-stained cross to be for you. There's only one way to come to Him, and that is through the resurrected Jesus Christ. For Jesus said, while the gate is wide and the road is wide that leads to destruction, and many will go to, through it. Oh, but narrow is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, 
There is eternal life, and few will enter it. Will you be one of the few? Will you be one of the few today? When you hear people say, all religions will lead to the same place. I've heard preachers say that. (laughs) All ways are going to lead to God. That is the wide road. That's the wide road. Everybody walking through it. Everybody's going to sucked into it. But it leads to destruction, Jesus said. But then there is another road that says, only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus can redeem you. Only Jesus can set you free from sin and, 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 and all the uh, uh, chains of sin. Only Jesus can take you all the way to eternity. And because God is so loving, He made only one way. And you know what? He paid the price for that way. So you can walk in free, free of charge. It was free to you. It's free to me. But it cost the Son of God His blood. Will you be like those wise men and go out of here by another way? Regardless of which way you came, you can walk out of here by another way. All of the other ways are filled with confusion. All of the other ways are dangerous. All of the other ways will get you lost for eternity. All of the other ways are misleading. And that is why Jesus said, I am the way. Not a way. I am the way. A thousand years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea of the Virgin Mary, an ancestor of Jesus on, from the physical side, there was a man, king of Israel, King David, and he prophesied many prophecies about Jesus. The best known to everybody is when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's not only the different way. He's not only the perfect way. He's the only way. Now, don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. I, I, I am not smart enough to make up this stuff. I'm not that bright. I'm only telling you what the Word of God said. Because I was reading the other day how many times the Apostle Paul, whether before kings, whether before Pharisees, whether before religious leaders, always testified of what God did for him on the road to Damascus. I realized that this is something I must continuously do. I don't do enough of it. But I know back in 1964, I was lost in sin. I was lost in rebellion. I was lost in rejecting God altogether. But on Wednesday night, the 4th of March, 1964, I heard God's invitation to me. And I came to Him. I've never been the same since. For over 50 years, I have experienced the ups and the downs of life, and I've written my biography. Welcome to read it. You see that I've experienced many a dark nights. But Jesus, the Christ of Christmas, was always there to give me joy, regardless of the circumstances. And that is why the angel said to the shepherds in Luke 2.10, he said, I bring you good news of great joy. It is the greatest joy. Do you know that joy? Well, you can 
Know that joy today. It can fill your heart. In the midst of life's great challenges, it will fill your heart. Jesus can give it to you today. In Matthew 2.10, it says that these wise men were filled with joy when they saw the star. Listen to me. His joy will be with you through thick and thin. His joy will be with you in good or bad times. His joy will be with you in good or bad financial circumstances. His joy will be with you in the midst of losses. His joy will be with you whether people accept you or reject you. He will never, 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 never reject you, for He had promised that He will be a friend that is closer to you than a brother. He said, when you come to Him, He will never leave you nor forsake you. What a deal. What a deal. Listen, I grew up in the Middle East. We're always looking for deals. <laughs> we bargain everywhere we go. That's, listen, you've got to understand. If you go to the Middle East, you understand that. And I'm telling you, there's no deal like it. He paid it all. He paid it all so that you might come and receive from His hand. Will you come to him and leave out of here by another way? But some of you here might still have some questions, which is fine. Great. I'm glad you do. As a matter of fact, as I told you, we're here only for one reason, and that's to help answer whatever questions you might have. And we are offering you an opportunity to do just that. And I'm going to ask you if everybody, perhaps, can take the bulletin that you received as you came in. Just everybody gets it out. Everybody, members, non-members, visitors, everybody, get it, get it out. And you're going to find there is a perforated section here. Let's all tear this together, make a beautiful sound, okay? Let's do this. If you would fill that out and give it to one of the ushers as you are leaving. Now, we're not going to ask you to join the church. In fact, we don't ask anybody to join the church. We make it difficult for people to join the church. <laughs> because we want you to know Jesus. That's all we care about. We want you to be eternally saved. And that's the only purpose for which a church like ours exists. May this day be the day which heaven is going to rejoice. Because many of you will pray with me as we go to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord Jesus, I come to you. I thank you that you came to me. You left your glories in heaven, born of a virgin, died a criminal's death, rose again, and you're inviting me to be your son or daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please also on that same space, will you let us know so that we can to pray for you? We pray and we give you any material to read, anything to help you along the way. We'll be more than delighted. Let's stand together before we prepare our hearts for the Lord's table. But here's something that I want you to listen to very carefully. This table is not belong to a denomination. This is why it's called the Lord's table. 
If you have committed your life to Jesus Christ, if He's the only Savior of your soul and the Lord of your life, regardless of what denominational affiliation, you can come and participate. If yet to make that decision, we ask you to wait until such a time and then participate at the Lord's table. Let's sing together. Thank you, Paul.